What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcast. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. everybody welcome back to another amigos live from lockdown uh this is your host mike fenoya i uh, hope you guys are all staying healthy and doing well wherever you are um as always you are seeing this and hearing this on the amigos media the osiris media channel uh on youtube you're listening to it on the osiris network um at amigos pod at m-i-k-e-f-i-n-o-i-a and at osiris pod and today, I am honored to be well, uh, joined by Dr. Jamie Friedman. Yes. It's nice to see you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, we, I, I heard about you via the shout out that uh, Ari gave you on uh, Sirius. You put it up on Twitter. And uh, one of the good things, I guess, about social media right now, there's a lot of bad, but some of the good is that we get a chance to see and hear from people who, um, you know, can help and can maybe shed some truth in this weird world of like, what's real, what isn't. And it was so cool to see a fan um, that's also in medicine. We get so excited when we see people that are like, oh my God, they like the music we like. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> you know, where I live, it's not super common. Um, but when we see, uh, like fish stickers on a car. My husband and I would get excited. We're like, oh, there's our people. Um, and I wear, I don't have it with me, but I wear a, a little um, Fishman Donuts um, like lanyard holder at work. And I've only oh, had, and so this has cool. been about two years I've had it. And I've only had one person like recognize it. So really? Yeah. So it's, it's nice connecting on Twitter with other medical professionals who are fish fans because it's very isolating, but you know, on your own, that's what the power of social media does, I guess, brings people together. So. Yeah, it really is incredible. And I think right now too, it's, you know, look at that. I mean, we're talking across the country and uh, it was really just reaching out to another fan. And uh, I feel like you have so much great insight and probably some calming uh, words to uh, to share with listeners, so I think that's pretty important. You know, so. I'm one of those I'm one of those dorks that like when I see a Grateful Dead sticker on a car, I turn my radio up and roll the windows down and hope that like they'll you know recognize the Shakedown Street I'm listening to or the you know he's gone and maybe they'll yeah. give me a, a you know. Yeah, my car has a fish sticker and a steely, and so I had um, a guy actually drive up next to me once, this was like a year ago, and like roll down his window and thumbs up and wave, and, and then as he drove off, he had the, the license plate uh, frame with the Fishman donut, so I was like, oh, cool. You that's know. so cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And today is uh, on, you know, on those Twitter holidays, today is National Health Care Day, right? Or yes, national it's... Um, Wait, I can I can tell you the actual hashtag. It is World Health Day. It's also well, actually Public Health Awareness Week. 
So lots, and we just recently had Doctor's Day. So a lot of different celebrations for the healthcare field, which definitely needs a lot of uh, celebrating right now. Thank you very much. You're, you're literally one of the, uh, the heroes on the front line. That's, uh, I mean, we all owe you a huge debt of gratitude. And uh, I'm married to one as well. My wife is a, a nurse practitioner. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. One thing I'd like to ask you, um, I feel, is your husband in medicine as well? He is not. Okay. So I'm not either. <laughs> and I, get, I guess really like, you know, I, I, I believe there's, there's, there should be a group for the spouses of medical professionals on how to support Right now, she's at the hospital on the front line, um, Good dealing her. with COVID patients and and stepping up. You know, went from a nurse practitioner role down to the intensive care to help because they're in the contingency plan at this point. So, right, right. Um, for for folks who are at home, maybe living with or partners with a medical professional, um, you know, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of nervousness about. You know, I don't want to hammer her with questions. I'm someone that puts on cartoons in the Grateful Dead all day. I don't really watch the news news, but you know, I, right. I try to get my news from folks like you and actual professionals and not, you know, Fox or MSN. What would you recommend for like, what does your husband do that works? What would you like? <laughs> you know, what do you think I can do for my wife? You know, things like that. How can we help our healthcare professionals and our families? Right. I mean, just being supportive right now. My in my family, um, my kids are home and they're teenagers in high school, so they're very self-sufficient. So you know, they're kind of do. Everyone at home in my house is sort of doing their own thing, um, and because we can't really go out, I've been doing a lot of shopping. Um, I don't know if you heard in the shout out. My husband has cancer, so he stays home. He doesn't do any of the shopping or go in public, so I do all of that stuff. And um, so sometimes when I get home, you know, there's dinner made or there's stuff already ready because I've shopped and prepared. So that's kind of nice. But everyone is is instructed to like give me space when I get home. I I take off my scrubs in the in the garage and cover myself up and run into the shower and I shower scrub myself clean and put on clean clothes and then it can be hugs and hi and let's make dinner and and what's going on and that kind of stuff. Um, and sometimes I talk about my day, but not very much. You know, I would say that, that your wife definitely deserves more shout out than I do because as a pediatrician in San Diego where we're not, kids aren't really that severely affected. We're not seeing a ton of COVID right now. Um, California's done a good job of locking itself down. Um, while I'm exposed to sick kids and I never know what I might be exposed to when I go out in public as the one person in my family that goes out in public. Um, yeah. I, I just really admire everyone who really is doing a lot more of the face-to-face -face hard work as far as intubating and ICU and ER and things like that. I mean, that just that's just even more um, brave than I can even imagine. So, well, I mean, give yourself the credit that you deserve. I mean, it's the, and, and women are. I find I've had conversations with friends of mine that like the strength that women have during this. That I'm such a chicken. <laughs> I'm so nervous. My wife is so strong. And I'm just like, listen, you tell me what you need. You tell me what I can do, what not to do. And uh, like, I'm in performance and I'm, I work in TV. So everything in my life has been completely canceled. So yeah. I'm pretty much left like to, you know, exercise and clean. I, I bleach everything down. And, but you're, what you mentioned, like maybe she doesn't want to talk so much about her day. Maybe just, you know, sit and watch TV, let her laugh, things like that. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely she'll need space when she gets home just to sort of decontaminate and go through her process. Um, and then just let her know you're there for her. You know, if there's anything you want to talk about or unload today, let me know. I mean, sometimes I come home and the news is on and I haven't had a chance to catch up during the day. So I kind of like to see what's going on, but it can be overkill. Um, and so I very much enjoy like tonight, um, dinner and a movie, because then it's yeah. definitely something that's not uh, news related that we can enjoy and we can enjoy together. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Nice. Did you, um, I noticed guitars in the background. Um, <laughs> I'm in my son's room. He's <laughs> oh, a 17 year old cool. musician. This is that, that, that Lego, I don't even know what I'm pointing to. That Lego set's not mine. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, so that's how you decompress. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I wish you could see this whole thing because when I'm sitting at his desk and with his microphone, he's got like these two monitors here. There's this whole like M audio key station. There's like two guitars over here and then the one on the wall. It's just... That's, that's, that's his life. And so he, thank goodness he has that to keep him busy while he's home. Like he doesn't even emerge from his room all day, except for I kicked him out today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. Um, there, you know, that I think that a lot of people are dealing with um, having this lack of purpose. I think that's something that folks are getting a little bit, you know, some companies and some jobs were able to adapt and react and give right. people, you know, a way to work via Zoom or work from home. But there's some folks where like literally the whole, like the rug just got swept from underneath them. Right. And it's hard when you see like, you know, there's some anxiety and there's some, you know, uh, symptoms of COVID that are similar. And you're like, oh my God, do I have anxiety? Do I have COVID? You know, my chest is right. tight, my this, I'm sure that's quite a big you know, problem. When this kind of first started coming to fruition in the US, we were still seeing at least in pediatrics, a lot of flu, um, of course, pollen count, you know, I'm in the southern part of the country. And when you look at sort of pollen counts, it goes from south to north. Um, so pollen counts were coming up. And so we still had all our normal stuff. Kids were sick with the normal stuff they get sick with. We started seeing allergies. And um, of course, everybody thinks their symptoms are now COVID. <laughs> and so you're like, everything, everybody does, yeah. Right. But now that kids have been apart for so long, um, I mean, in California, this is what, the fourth week that they haven't had school or something like that. We're not even seeing that much flu anymore. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, there's other repercussions as far as, you know, kids who need meals, mental health, that kind of stuff. You know, how do the parents manage it? Um, there's a lot of repercussions, but from an infectious disease standpoint, it's actually a benefit that they're not in school right now. Yeah, they're taking a break from from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you finding that there are certain places that folks could go for actual, like true news? Like, do you, you know, there's, I've heard people tell me if you get it, go out in the sun. I've heard people say, don't take elderberry. <laughs> I've heard you everything, you know, like, if you know, a witch doctor. I haven't heard that you know. one about going out in the sun, but it's raining <sighs> in San Diego. So I can't do that. Wow. Um, actually the, the elderberry thing, um, I, I did read early on that maybe it made things worse, that it was stimulating cytokines, which are a chemical in your body that's part of your immune system, which is actually what makes things like flu and for some people, coronavirus worse, what they call that cytokine storm. That's what sort of attacks every part of the body, um, this overwhelming immune response. So I had read that. I haven't seen anything about that recently, mm -hmm. um, but I really rely, I'm really lucky because I'm part of a large group 
um, and we have a chief medical officer um, who is just on top of everything and we get reports every day. And I get reports from my local children's hospital where I'm on staff and the hospital where I have see babies where I'm on staff. So I'm getting uh, reports from a lot of different um, organizations that are all pretty much saying the same thing and everything is, comes from the health department. Um, I mean, we, you know, we've got the CDC. I mean, certainly there's certain parts of the federal response with regards to the CDC that maybe you have to take with a grain of salt. You know, like you have to wonder when they say maybe you don't need an N95, just a regular mask. Is that because of lack of supply? I mean, I don't want to say don't trust the government because I'm not a tinfoil hat kind of person, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, sometimes you do have to be careful about your sources, like you say. And you, and and I'm a very liberal person, and even the news sources that I watch, you can tell, are very much. Um, uh, I don't want to use the word propaganda, but obviously biased. Like the questioning is instead of being more factual is very much leading a lot of the times, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like now is the time when we need to, you know, you, you you would think that as the most intelligent species, supposedly we would uh, (laughs) maybe rise above. I know really we would rise above that, but it seems, I understand what you're saying. I tend to go to like, I do rely on our yeah, like the AP um, Associated Press, or um, I, I get a lot of my, I, I'm an, a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. I don't know if you saw that I do a lot of social media and news. And yes, um, yeah. so so I use a lot of their information and we're using a lot of their recommendations. Like we are still open. We're still seeing well visits. This is exactly what the AAP is saying. So I'm really trying to get my source information um, from medical establishments, medical groups, the health department, things like that. Yeah. Do you find that still the major way of uh, this flattening of the curve is just wash your hands, social distance, stay at home as much as you can if you are exposed? Just kind of, I mean, really, is that still kind of where we're at right now? I mean, unfortunately, yes, because we have no other way to prevent this or treat it. So this isn't like flu with H1N1 with that outbreak. I mean, we had old seasoned flu shots that you could base the vaccine production off of and the vaccine came out very rapidly um, and the response was very rapid. So we didn't have to shut things down like we're doing now. But unfortunately, this is so new that, that we don't have any, I mean, tests just had to get made recently and medications have just gotten studied recently. Like everything is so new. This is not sort of how medicine and science normally works. Right. Um, So I know it's not what people want to hear when it comes to socialization and concerts. And I mean, that's my whole summer plan. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Me too. I know. Um, I spent an hour on the phone with Ticketmaster this morning trying to figure out what to do with my tool tickets. Oh, I I took my son to see tool. Did you go to this past tour? Um, it was, oh, must've been in January. Oh God, yeah. that was such a phenomenal tour, wasn't it? They're yeah, amazing. It was, good. it was my first time going and it was, I was surprised. It was good. <laughs> yeah. That's really great. Yeah. They put on a little bit, a little bit of a different, uh, show than a fish or a dead show for sure. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, that if we really, I mean, and we can see what, how it works, right. I mean, you can see what happened in China and South Korea and I'm in California and we're so lucky that our governor was on top of it because our rate of increase has gone down relatively consistently. I mean, every day is going to be a little different because there's not like a consistent nationally approved test, but everything just keeps coming out of the woodwork. You know, 
quest at one point was taken two weeks for a result. So when the results come in, you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt and try to decide, is that from tests a week ago? Is that currently how things are? Um, I know that the resulting is getting a lot quicker, but uh, I'm not trying to throw quest under the bus. I mean, we use them as a lab, but um, so I think it's just when you're looking at positive numbers of, of, coronavirus tests, you have to sort of understand that where this testing might be coming from. It might be more concentrated just in the hospital because of lack of testing. Not every location in the country is able to test everybody. So if they're just testing sick people in the hospital, that's going to change your, it's going to shift your your positives. Um, but what we are seeing in California is definitely a flattening of the curve. And I just want to say that it's it's Flattening of the curve doesn't necessarily mean 100% that this is going away or that everybody won't necessarily get exposed to it. Um, it's, it's really to say that if we have people get infected more slowly, then we have time to prepare for medicines and vaccines and we have time to stockpile PPE and we don't overwhelm the healthcare system like New York is seeing in New Jersey and like they saw in Italy um, where they're making awful decisions that I don't, you know, that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy as far as how to take care of patients. So, so that's kind of the expectation. I don't want people to think they're going to emerge from their homes in a couple of weeks from now and like it's just gonna be over because that's just not the case. That's a that's an extremely important point, and I hope that uh, everyone hears that because, you know, I feel like we're at the mercy of our dumbest right now, where there's some people who they may believe like, okay, you know, it's a sunny day, this virus doesn't live in the sunlight, so let's go to the beach. And I've noticed that where people, you know, you get a nice day, and all of a sudden it's like, people are out playing volleyball on the beach, and you almost kind of want to go tell them like, please go home. So my wife right. doesn't have to take care of you in a month because the decisions that people are making now are going to impact society in May and into June. And it's right. so important when you say that, that like, you know, just because flattening the curve, that doesn't mean all it's doing is giving, I mean, how long normally do doctors have and scientists and researchers have to develop a vaccine or see if antibodies can potentially work. I mean, right now, I feel so bad for these researchers that have a gun to their head and they're doing the best they can to, yeah. I mean, this, this was, this was basically, you know, discovered what in December? I mean, it's a basically, brand new disease. December 31st or something. That's why it's 19. It was discovered in 2019, but like literally the last day of the year. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so crazy. And then to see people and hear people say like, well, you know, the the, the government the, the government's going to reopen and society's going to go back by Easter. It's like you're out of your mind. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, normally the process takes years to de to develop and discover. You know, almost anything. I mean, some tough stuff, you know, medication wise, for example, would be fortuitous. Like you have a medication that works for something and you notice it works for something else. And that's happened a lot. Um, and that's where this, you know, hydroxychloroquine is coming in. Although I think we have to be really, really careful because we're not basing any recommendations on that use of the medication on any kind of well-done studies, placebo controlled, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, um, and you don't really want to use humans as a guinea pig necessarily, especially if you don't have a good sort of research, research plan. It's called IRB, um, IRB, I think it is when I don't do research, but I mean, there's, there's ways to ethically and appropriately and scientifically do studies, not saying you shouldn't look into all of the possible treatments because you should. Right. Um, but I just want everyone to be aware that this is not really how it's done in medicine. We got to be careful because everything has a side effect, right? Yeah. And, and I, I some negative ones. 
Right, of course. And I think, um, you know, one thing people also need to realize, and from what I've unfortunately heard is that, you know, that, that this just affects older people is not true either. No. It seems to me like there's everyone from children in Connecticut, there was a six week old child who passed away and they found that it, that the baby had coronavirus. I mean, and then you see people that spring break and this whole thing and it, it gets a little frustrating. The only thing really we can do, I'm kind of set up right out. I'm right outside Manhattan. So the only thing I can do for fun is go for a drive. And on a nice day, you go for a drive and you see, you know, packs of like 10, 15 kids riding their bikes around. And it's like, you right. know, you want everybody to have fun, but man, just go home for a month, chill out, yeah. play video games. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing families out riding bikes, taking walks. And if you're staying within your family unit, unit and you're staying that six foot distance from your neighbors or crossing the street, if you see people coming, I mean, it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive. We're trying, we want to be social and friendly with our neighbors, but at the same time, we do have to protect each other. Um, but when I see packs of people together, it, it does frustrate me as a medical professional. Um, it, it just, I, I have no patience anymore for people who aren't taking this seriously. I really, yeah. I really don't. Like I'm just starting to hide some people from my timeline on Facebook. And because I just take it personally that you're, like you said, your behavior now is going to translate into something down the road that may be a problem for me or for your wife. And I just, it's an issue for me. <laughs> it's very, it's very frustrating. There was one day in particular where she got off uh, it was, you know, a full week of work and it was a Friday afternoon and it was gorgeous out. And I said, you know, let's go for a spin. And we put on the Grateful Dead and turned down the windows and we were driving by the beach and it looked like a scene from, you know, the movie Jaws or something. There was like lines of cars pulling into the parking right. lot to go to the beach. People are tailgating. People are, you know, drinking beers. Like, you know, kids are playing volleyball. And I, it made me so furious and it, it hurt me because I could see the exhaustion in her eyes right already for what was going to come just from these folks and it's like and now it's really hitting where i am it's hitting incredibly hard like very very hard so I'm the numbers surprised. are spiking like crazy and it's i mean it's getting to the point where people are at grocery stores there's they're only letting x amount of people in at a time and you know it's the stuff we have to do but i mean like you said i i feel like if if this was taken seriously when it, we first heard about it and we were able to plan ahead, you know, maybe it wouldn't right. have been such a big deal. But I mean, in all reality, we're looking at, you know, probably months until we can get anywhere back to any normal semblance, right? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case. And what's so annoying and frustrating for us in California is that we've been doing this for so long. And because the rest, we, we don't have closed borders. I mean, you can come to California. No one's turning you away. Um, and so, you know, the fact that some states have taken so long and we didn't have like a federal mandate to just do the same thing, it just makes us have to stay in lockdown even longer. Um, and I mean, but it's working. We're lucky. I'm lucky I'm here somewhere where there's, you know, wide open space and we can walk around the neighborhood and we're not seeing huge cases. And um, my patients, I feel like they're very safe and I feel safe um, for the time being. So, I mean, I'm Good. really lucky, but I just, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to the end of this. Me too. Me too. And I hope it, I, you know, I, I, I kind of think about the first notes of live music that I'm going to hear and it's going to be a lot of tears, I know. you know, <laughs> I, know. Be... I, I totally agree. I know. It's like, especially in the past few years where things have been really hard in my life, like being able to see a show or music has been my only escape 
I mean, it's like, yeah. and if I can't have that this summer, I'm, I, I don't, what do I have? I don't know. I know. I hear you. Let's talk about that actually is, um, is, is, so is your husband, is he doing okay? Is yeah. he, is he, he's doing all right? Yeah, he's doing well. He's, he, he still gets treatment is his doctors haven't, you know, I know I've been reading that some places are turning people away for their chemo and treatment and stuff, which I find is essential. That's not considered non-essential. So it's ridiculous. I mean, figure out a way to make it work, but he's still getting um, his treatment. So he's doing well. He's pretty stable. Like he generally feels well most of the time. Um, and he's just staying at home. The kids are here. The dogs are here to keep him company. The dog thing, I want to ask you, my wife and I have, uh, we're in a two bedroom, two bathroom place. So she gets one, I get the other. And we're basically staying separate because, mm-hmm. you know, she actually wear, she wears a mask now at home because oh, wow. there's exposure right? and just to play it safe, you know, and it's not, I mean, I think it's more for, to make me feel better, but okay. it's a little weird to not How do you eat? It. It's weird. It's, <laughs> you have to we sit at different tables. Yeah, we do different. I mean, it's it's I'm this sorry. Is reality. Well, it's it is what it is. But I mean, the reason why I want to talk about it is because if there's other people going through it, I want them to realize they're not alone. You know, right. um, carry is do dogs carry it? Is this like a thing? Like I'm hearing back and forth about animals. You know, and pets. I don't know. We'd have to find a vet that we can talk to because um, it comes from animals, right? But yeah if the animals get it, like you heard about the tiger at the zoo that yeah. is positive, how, the how you're testing, I, right. And like, <laughs> what made you even, what, who gave you the idea to do that? Like, who knows? I don't even know, yeah. but, um, it must've been a celebrity's tiger. I think it was at the zoo. Um, <laughs> but I, my understanding is that even if dogs get it, I, I don't know if they necessarily get sick from it. And I'm not sure how easily, I mean, certain things are spread from dog to humans. Like we get, especially if they're sick with like GI stuff, we can get sick with that. Um, But like we can be coughing in their face with like the flu or a cold and they don't, they don't get sick. I mean, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know how much this really would affect our pets or vice versa, how much they would affect us. But I haven't, um, I, I couldn't, it would be impossible for me to keep them out of my room. Like they sleep on top of me essentially and wake me up in the morning. Yeah, my dog is like my dog. I I just didn't know if it like something that could like travel on fur and things like that. You always wonder about stuff like that. You really can't disinfect the dog, you know. I tried to bathe. I have a little one named Jerry. Obviously, Jerry. Nice, nice. I have sugar magnolia right now. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. That's a (laughs) cute one. I like that. Well, I tried to bathe him the other day, and he sort of hated it, and it didn't go that well. And also because he was really stinking bad, and there, and we were like right before the shutdown, we were like, I need, they need to go to the groomer. They need to go to the groomer. Like I was desperate for them to go. And then it just never happened. And then everybody closed down. So now they're really out of control. Um, so Hmm. I tried to bathe them, but I don't know if that makes a difference. And honestly, I don't know if it lives on their fur. I mean, at this point there's, you know, we wash our hands a lot. I disinfect everything. If I've been out in public or at work and other than that, no one else at home is going anywhere. So that's good. That's good. I'll ask you to myth, myth bust a couple quick things and then we'll talk music if that's cool. Sure. Um, the, uh, when, when packages or getting food, getting delivery or takeout or whatever, uh, you would think I'm buying a, uh, you know, a bomb or heroin or something the way that I act. Like I, I put gloves on, I put it in a bat in a gar- garbage bag in the back of my car. I take the gloves, I throw them out. I wipe <laughs> everything down. I put new gloves on. I, pour holy water on my wife like what's the what's the actual like 
what's the, the process? When we get stuff in the mail, should we leave it for a day? Should we not touch it? Should we wipe, once you spray it with Lysol, is it clean? Well, I mean, what you really want is like good hard evidence of how long it lives on a surface and, and really how long anything like flu or anything that's especially in a particle like what coronavirus is, how long it lives on a surface depends on a lot of conditions, how dry or humid it is, what the surface is. We know it lives longer on plastic and metal than it does on cardboard. So if you're getting a, a box delivered from Amazon, cardboard box, um, what do I have in the garage? I think from cleaning products or something. There's something that was out there. I'm like, I'm just going to leave it till I need it. Like if it's not urgent, leave it for 24 hours plus. Once you open it, leave the box in the garage or put it in your recycling and then just go wash your hands. And I think that's reasonable. Um, packages at the grocery store. I, was, I wasn't really doing much up until the last shopping trip that I took where my daughter and I actually wore masks when we went out, which I hadn't done before. Um, and when I got home, I took some disinfecting wipes and wiped all of the containers. Um, when we've come home, well, can't really get anything out anymore. Coffee-wise, all the Starbucks seem to be closed. But I did come home a few weeks ago with some coffee from the Starbucks at the grocery store. And I poured it, especially for my husband, I poured it into a separate cup. Um, yeah. But I think what you said is really important, and I'll get to food in a second, but with changing the gloves, okay? Because this was my last blog post was about masks and gloves. Because if you wear gloves, but you touch everything and you touch your face and you do all the normal stuff like you would with your hands, it's, you're not doing anything. You're right. still spreading stuff around. So if you're using gloves to grab a package and put it in your car, and then you take the gloves off to drive and go home, and then you put on another set of, I mean, that's the right way to do it to prevent cross-contamination. Is it the right Thing to do, maybe not. I mean, maybe you just wash your hands when you get home and just avoid touching your face. But, but gloves are meant to really be single use to prevent cross contamination, not just to wear and then touch everything and spread everything all around. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. I mean, really, um, it's just another layer of skin at that point, right? Right. I mean, it's basically you're... like your skin. Yeah, yeah. So now the delivery people, when they're coming, and we've been trying to get takeout maybe once or twice a week, and and uh, that's a whole other issue because places are just not even opening anymore. So I'm sad. I don't Weird. want these businesses to go away. These are good places that we like to frequent. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure how long I can keep up this cooking gig because it's just <laughs> it's really not for me. I'm not I good know. at it. But yeah, and the I shopping pasta, is, is taking it. a lot out of me. My husband's like, oh, the credit card is so low. I'm like, are you kidding? I go to the grocery store like twice a week. He's like, yeah, but we're not doing anything else. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, just wait till like that, you know, Ralph's bill shows up. But, yeah. um, but so as food, you know, what they're doing, what I'm seeing now with takeout is they're putting them in these bags with these stickers that say like tamper proof or whatever. So, I mean, I think you got to, if you're going to order takeout, you got to put your faith in the place where you're ordering that they are washing their hands and they're taking every measure to cook the food properly. Um, yeah. and package it without kind of cross-contamination. And they put it in a bag and they kind of come out and just put it in your car through the window. And then what I do is I take it home and I unpack everything. And really, ideally, you're putting everything on a separate plate. That's what I've heard is recommended. Um, but I unpack everything myself. I don't let anyone touch it. And then I wash my hands and and then we eat it. I also heard that like 10 seconds in the microwave kind of kills it, which I mean, you're not going to do with something like a salad, but something that's hot that you want to reheat, putting it on a separate plate, put it in the microwave, you could do that. Um, is any of this based on really good science or is it like 100% across the board recommended? Not really. Everybody sort of has their own opinion. Um, so right. I think people have to do what works best for them. Wow. Well, that's great advice. I mean, I think that, you know, I just had a package delivered and I sprayed it with Lysol and I let it sit outside. <laughs> 
because I don't know what to do. I'm treating everything yeah. like it's a, an explosive. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I try to let it sit for about a day. I heard that's I think something that's fine. that, you know. Um, yeah, cardboard about 24 hours is what I've heard. That's helpful. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. The I heard something about blood types, mm-hmm. whether or not if you have like O positive or O blood, you might have less susceptibility to getting it. If you have A blood, you may have more. Is there anything true to that? Do you have not any that idea? I've heard. Okay. Not that I've heard. And a yeah. lot of people wouldn't, I mean, as a pediatrician, babies come out and some get a blood type and some don't. It depends 100% on the mom's blood type. So if you go through your whole life not having your blood type done as an infant and then not ever needing a blood transfusion or having surgery where they actually type your blood, you might not even know what it is. Okay. There's not really, yeah. besides donating blood or having to receive blood, there's not a reason why you would really need to know your blood type. Me and another germophobic stand-up comic friend of mine have been um, <laughs> kind of trying our best to keep ourselves, you know, each day we take turns talking each other off the ledge, you know, because we're trying to figure out like the best, uh, you know, news. I mean, the rapid uh, antibody test is the recent thing that we've been talking about where, mm-hmm. and this might be a myth that I want to, you know, ask you quickly is, you know, if you've had it, you may have not had symptoms. It seems to me like it's almost like one out of four people don't even show symptoms. And then two out right. of four, you know, will survive or three out of four will survive fine. Right. I mean, they, you know, what's excellent about South Korea is their sort of mass testing it gives you an interesting curve where um, the younger set had a very high spike in positives. I can't remember the age range, 20 to 40 or I don't know what it was, 50, I don't know. And they had um, a big spike in positives in this age range where they weren't necessarily the sickest people. And so this was sort of that aha moment several weeks ago, not the other day, like one of the governors in this country said, but um, we, know, we knew a month ago that asymptomatic people could, could spread this, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting. The, the antibody test, the question is, you know, you have to think in, in immunology, first of all, your immune system is very complex and beyond my scope to explain it this far out of medical school, which is over 20 years um, and probably for your listeners. But, but when you look at antibodies, there's something called IgM, immunoglobulin M, and that is what we call an acute phase. So that's something that's going to rise when you are actively sick, but it might vary time-wise with, your, with each type of virus or bacteria or fungus, each infection right? It might vary. And then you have a phase where your IgG, which is your long-term antibody. So this is when you're doing a serology to see if you're immune to something. The IgG is what you're looking for. And this, um, it will vary when that's going to pop up. And does that infer lifelong immunity? Not for everything. And we know that from a lot of infections, especially dealing with parents who maybe want to do titers to prevent their kids from having to get their shots. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, we don't know. If at this point, I don't know, maybe someone knows, but I don't know at this point, you know, only a couple months into this infection, when, do, when, when, do you, when is the best time to test for IgG and what does that mean in the future? Um, but as I know that there's been some good success or at least hope with using plasma of recovered patients to yes. help fight the infection in the hospitals. So um, I heard Andy Cohen talking about it. I think it's travesty that he can't donate his plasma since he's a homosexual. But, um, but I did hear him talking about that. And I know that, that people, a lot of people have mentioned that. Um, so, you know, NBA players were donating their blood and, uh, 
Um, I, I go to this website called the Good News Network when I need to like <laughs> actually look at a website. I can't look at the new, I don't, to me, it, it like looking at the counts, looking at the death count, looking at Trump's face, it, it just makes this worse. Yeah, and I can't, agreed. I can't, I, I can't look at it. So I, I, if I have to look at something, I try to stay to local news. I try to yeah. think like really what's important right now is like the county that I'm in or right. the the, the, the neighborhood that I live in, or is mm -hmm. there someone that might need me or something that I guess the thing that I've been kind of hoping, and it's my own, maybe just boredom being locked in the house is that I could take one of these tests that tells me if I had it or not. And if I have the antibodies, and if I do, then I can go out and maybe drive a truck and deliver food to elderly people or go help right. out with, you know, an animal shelter or sh shelter or something. But then you hear, well, it's just because you had it doesn't mean you're immune to it and you may get right. it again. Right. And, and when do we stop shedding? I mean, you know, this is all stuff that, that we just really need more information and we don't have the time right now to like know that information a hundred percent. Like I know I was just reading this morning about some of these antibody tests that aren't super reliable, you know, like everybody and their sister are putting out tests and, you know, and the FDA has these sort of emergency that's not FDA approved, but has these emergency allowances um, mm. without any real good data. And so I, I think that, you know, you really, and if anybody's looking for a test or wants a test or feels like they might need, whether it's a blood test or an actual uh, test for the virus itself, you got to talk to your doctor. Yeah. It seems to me like we have drive through uh, uh -huh. one set up here now, which I mean, I, and even they're limited at this point. I guess that's the frustration is really like how on earth does America not have enough tests? It's very And weird. isn't it frustrating to see video of like China and Italy and these big massive suits that they put on? Like, yeah. I don't know any yeah. of my friends that are putting those suits on. I'm sure somebody in America is, but not, not everybody. Well, I I'll tell you. I don't have a suit like that. Yeah, that's actually, it's interesting. You know, I've, I've, when my wife is at work, I'm scouring the internet on like industrial supply companies and like various different websites where like, what can I get her? Can I go get her like a face shield? Can mm -hmm. I get her more N95? And all of it is sold out or just unavailable. And it's like, where the hell is all this right now? You know, and, and it's, that's the part that's, you know, and then when you see people, you know, playing volleyball on the beach, Right. Those are the thoughts that I have. It's like, all I really care about is like you guys staying safe because yeah, the you. more you stay safe, the more, and, and it's really unfortunate, but do you feel like everyone that's working in, an, in a fit medical facility is like taking their life into their hands or is it, I mean, places have protocol, right? I mean, right. I mean, I think it depends on where you work. And I'm just so lucky that I work for a group that just, you know, is really thinking about not just our patients, but the staff and the, and the doctors. I mean, you hear these like scary stories of people who speak out that they don't have protective equipment at their hospital where they are employed. And then they're being told that they can't speak about that, or maybe they're being fired. And I just, yeah, that's, I saw that's that really scary and, and really unfortunate. I mean, you know, when you go into medicine, you know you're going to be exposed to people who are sick. The thing is that, A, the expectation isn't that you're, you know, seeing hundreds of the same virus all at one time. I mean, probably the most amount of kids I saw during a really bad flu season in one, when I used to work in urgent care, was maybe 
40 to 50 kids. But I mean, this is like unprecedented and, um, and we don't have immunity. So it's different. I mean, those of us who've been in healthcare for a long time, especially working with kids and they cough and sneeze in your face, they don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty immune to almost everything, but I'm not immune to coronavirus 19. Like I've never had it, you know? So, um, so I, are they putting their life in, 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 on the line? I mean, there's a risk. There's definitely a risk. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it, you know, but there's a risk involved. Yeah. You folks are a rare breed. I will tell you that, you know, I do stand up comedy and my wife will see me do a show and she's like, I don't know how the hell you get up in front of people. And, t and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like if I see someone else's blood, I hit the ground. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's just amazing. Everybody how we all have different, thing. everybody right. has their thing. Right. Right. Well, I don't want to talk just about, you know, one of the things that we had, Thank you for answering some of those. I believe that those are, and also Advil is a no-no, right? Tylenol is the way to go. I think I um, read that. I mean, that's kind of gone back and forth. Um, the World Health Organization hasn't been able to say definitively no Advil or ibuprofen. Um, but I think that if you can get away with just using Tylenol while you're sick or for your fever, I would just stick with that and appropriate dosing. Of course, in kids, you can always call your doctor if you have a question about dosing. Cool. Right on. All right. Music. You ready? Let's have some yeah. fun. I see all these guitars and we talk concerts and, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing, you know, Fish's new album, uh, Sigma Oasis came out. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. in the morning, um, I take my dog for a nice long walk. I live over near kind of like water and I could be alone. And it's really my best. It's always been my best friend. It's always been my escape from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I found my, I find my wife even listening to music more often now. Do you find yourself like, turning to music as a source of escape, as a source of inspiration, all of that? I mean, I always, I always have. Um, I don't have a lot of other hobbies <laughs> yeah, besides cool. that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, for a while I would get in the car to go to work and put on the, one of the news channels because I just felt like I needed to know more. But then it got to be, you know what, I'm putting back Fish Radio or Grateful Dead Radio because... I just need that. And it's, it always puts me in a much better mood. Um, I loved Sigma Oasis. It just, I actually, when we watched the live stream, I did it with my sister on zoom and my, my family and her family. And it was so nice to like, just be able to talk about music and, yeah. and enjoy it. And one of the things that, I mean, this is hard for everybody to be isolated, but there's so much creativity coming out of this and all of the, it's so fun watching different shows being videotaped from different people's homes, but Trey putting out new music, like almost daily is just, I'm just like so thankful for that. I mean, I'm sure it's therapeutic for him. He's probably doing it as God, much for yeah. himself as he's doing it for the rest of us. Um, but like, we're so lucky. We're so lucky that we have that. It's something to look forward to. It's something to just take your mind off of what's going on. Um, so yeah. Not to plug the podcast that you're on right now, but last week <laughs> I had uh, Tom Marshall as a guest and oh, we cool. talked about the lyrics of Sigma Oasis, the lyrics mm -hmm. to, you know, the things that Trey is, is releasing right now. But how amazing is it that the, how apropos and how right? perfectly poignant all of these lyrics from like, I mean, songs that have been out since 16, 15, 11, all right now seem to, the song leaves is like a morning meditation to me now. Like I, I listen to it every morning and it's just, yeah. it ends with them yet just saying breathe. And it's, it's really amazing yeah. how music There was There was become. a guy on Twitter who he had a, um, it was just video of him with his acoustic guitar, like a two minute video, just playing the music from Leaves and it just gave me chills. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, it's so calming. I know, but really like, and it's funny because we were talking about this as the, as the 
as we were listening to the album, as it was doing, you know, as it was live, everybody else was doing it at the same time. And we're like, well, these aren't new, but it's like, you know what, they didn't have a home and this is the home that they needed and it's what we needed and it's perfect. Yeah, it really is. And we're very, very lucky to have the scene, I believe that we, you know, you can get lost right now in a, in an era of Grateful Dead or an era of, you know, you could go back to listen to the pig pen days and by the time you're halfway through it, maybe this, you know, lockdown will be over. And that's the beauty. <laughs> we have such a wealth. We have such a wealth of, um, of live shows and how each right. one is different and you can get lost in each of them. Yeah. Um, we sat in the hot tub the other day and listened to the, this was all my husband's doing. He, he's, he's the one who picks everything because I don't, you know, I got a lot going on, but he, he put on the um, Al Franken uh, Spotify song list playlist i don't know why my brain doesn't work um of like his favorite versions of different grateful dead songs and we just had these great conversations about our song like songs that we like and like which year and um you know 77 72 you know the brent years you know this and that and it just you know it was so nice to like just have this conversation about something else and listen to good music and just enjoy feeling like we were having a normal day like nothing weird was happening, you know, yeah. it was, it was great. That's so cool. Did music bring you and your husband together? Is that how you guys met? Um, not yes and no, not really. I mean, no, it's not how we met. We met in second grade, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's pretty cool. I hope you guys were a, the two coolest second graders ever on dead tour. <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, we weren't on dead tour. <laughs> Our parents definitely weren't on dead tour. No, we met, we met and grew up together and had, um, he actually was really good friends with my sister who's only a year younger than I am, who's also a dead and fish fan. And she's like my, my show buddy. But um, we started dating when I was in medical school and we had been going to shows before, even before we were dating, we were just, we were friends. We all had friends in common. Like a lot of people after graduating college sort of congregated back in Baltimore. That's where I was going to medical school. My, my roommate um, in medical school was my friend from our high school. So we all just kind of hung out together. And um, like we did the uh, MSG New Year's run 95 together. It was even before we were dating. Um, nice. And and then we just, you know, things happen, whatever. We start dating. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, since then, it's pretty much been, I mean, you know, we have sort of that time off of residency and having kids and fish went on break. And, you know, of course, you know, Jerry passed away and um, just music wasn't a thing anymore. And then it just kind of made its comeback as the kids were older. We were able to leave the house, leave it with a sitter. Fish came back on tour. And now it's, it's our thing. I mean, unless we're actually taking a family vacation, we only really travel for music. <laughs> so <laughs> we were at Shoreline That's... last May. We've been at Dick's several years in a row, um, Vegas, uh, Jazz Fest. I mean, we're, that's pretty much all we do. When, I if, mean, if, if we do something. <laughs> yeah, totally. I hear you. I mean, with, and I, I feel that sentiment because, you know, my work is at night, you know, I perform. So if I'm doing well, then I have gigs and I'm busy. Right. So I don't really get a chance and thank God for technology. And, uh, you know, I can couch tour and, you know, stream and follow, listen to, on Mixler, or whatever I have to do yeah. in between sets. But last year was a great year for, I, I caught like 25 or 26 fish shows and then a oh, bunch wow. of others. And just because I was working on like a project called still chasing, just about turning 40 and still doing what I do, chasing these moments. Right. And, right. and it, it, really 
it, it made me realize that music is the, Trey said it perfectly at Carnegie Hall. He said, live music is the antidote for his perpetual discontent. Mm-hmm. And it really, he couldn't have said, I mean, I, I, he said exact as always, he said it exactly how it needed to be said. And it right. really is, it's, it's something now that's like, I don't really feel like I have a choice. I need live music. Yeah, and, I agree. And it, it really does like, it, it's not a choice. I mean, like, like my wife understands, my family understands. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I, don't, I can't like skip a show. Like I got to go and just let loose and silence right. the critic and just be into it. You know? Yeah, we we were talking. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody has said this, but about you know going to a fish show is like I'm not I'm not I'm Jewish and I'm not religious, but um, so I hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way. But we talk about fish being our church. We're going to church, and and last year at Dick's we were kind of talking about how you know this really is the people here. You could you could film. This was our conversation, and again, no disrespect to anybody who's ever been in a cult. I know I know cults are dangerous, etc. So I don't want to use the term too loosely, but um, we talked about how you could film the lot and interview these people and talk and have them talk, like make a doc, a fake documentary and spin it like it's a cult. I mean, we've been in this scene long enough to, to understand. So, so it's not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about fans and the lot scene and anything. I mean, I love it. I'm into it. Um, But it really is like our home away from home. It's like going to church and and just being at Dick's last year, um, especially everything I've gone through personally. um, There was one, one, moment where uh it was during drift while you're sleeping and the entire crowd is singing and it just like like i imagine being in one of these large mega churches where everybody's like singing together or something it was it was like that like it was just it touched me like i was almost bawling you know like it yeah i completely understand yeah but i don't think people outside our scene would ever understand that but it just is is it was so perfect like I, i when i was in college when we went, when Fish went from like tiny little college gymnasiums to like big places, you know, like the first time I saw him in a big place was probably in Syracuse. It was like fall 94 or something. And I just remember looking around, like all these people love the same music I love. And it was completely life-changing and emotional, which sounds so weird, but it was, it was like, wow, like we all love the same music. This just means something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we always talk about, me and my friends always talk about that moment when that millisecond right before the lights go down and you kind of hear that pause and, and then everyone roars and everyone right. starts to just kind of like stand up straighter and lean towards the stage and the band comes out and that roar gets even louder. And it's, we're all just feeling that same excitement yeah. and that same emotion. And it really is hard to replicate. And it's also like hard to explain, but if you get it, you get it. Right, and exactly. I, I remember being on the road like 98 summer, 99 summer, where we went and lived in a car and did like the whole, you know, and you get to the festival and it ends and you're like, oh, I'm not like, I have to go, I have to go home now. Like, right. I don't want to go home now. Right. And it's Re-entry that whole, is hard. yeah, it's very hard. A couple of days of like hardcore depression when it comes to that. But, um, be, you know, it's, it's, do you bring your kids now? Do they enjoy the music? I mean, obviously I see guitars everywhere, so the dude yeah. can play. Yeah. He's really into music and he's been to tons of live music. Um, I could have him come in here. I don't know what he's doing, but um, <laughs> he went to two fish shows a couple summers ago when they played the forum with us. And, and I think he liked it. I mean, he's listened to all the music with us. He, I think he, we took him to a tray show once as well. Um, and from a guitar playing standpoint, I think he's really, he's into it. He likes it. He listens to it. It's not, 
it's not his choice for what he listens to or what he plays with his friends or in his band. Um, but he likes it. We've not taken him to a Dead and Company show. My daughter, she's not into it at all. I did take her to see Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and I took her to see um, Panic at the Disco. I mean, she has, she's only been to a few concerts. So it's a little yeah. bit different for her. But my son, he's into it. And he'll kind of see anyone. He's easy. He loves music. Um, I, him and I got to see, like I said, we saw Tool. I got to take him to John Mayer last fall. Nice. Which was, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you your opinion on uh, what did you think of Tool? Did, do you listen to them regularly or is this I, something that... I don't. This was one of those, um, I took them because dad wasn't feeling well. It wasn't my <laughs> first choice, um, which sort of is what happened also when I took my daughter to see uh, the reputation tour of Taylor Swift. That was going to be a daddy-daughter date, but he wasn't up for it. Um, and I yeah. actually really, really, really enjoyed it. So mom's had to step up to the plate a lot in the past few years. So I've gotten some really interesting um, time with my kids. But um, First of all, the guy who was opening, and I won't even call it an opening band because it was literally like noise and screaming. And I felt like, and, and even my son was like, this isn't music, but I felt like I was in like a nightmare and Satan was going to come out and start killing everybody. <laughs> so it just, yeah. it didn't yeah. start off that great, but Tool was phenomenal. I mean, I love that guy's voice. Like the whole... Yeah, You know, they're performing, obviously, anytime you're not seeing a band that you're used to, whether it's big production like Taylor Swift or, um, or like Arcade Fire, which was so cool. My husband and I went, you know, they're in this like, in the center of the arena and they take up this whole big like boxing square thing. And, um, but anytime you're not seeing the band that you've seen hundreds of times, like it's a, it's a shift and an adjustment and it yeah. feels different. But once it's got going, I was, I really thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I was absolutely blown away. I don't know where your seats were, but if you're sitting in front of the stage where you can see the the movies that play yeah, yeah. behind the stage, um, that's the guitar player makes those. And uh, right. I thought that was just, I mean, that's something, of course, we watch Kuroda's Lights, but to right. see those weird movies where, you know, a guy is pulling a uh, uh, you know, a scab off another guy and then he flies into his brain and that's there's weird. all that weird Alex Gray stuff. It's you know very what I, like the wall almost, you know? Yeah, like, that's a very good analogy. I, yeah. I agree with you. It's, you know it's what else? weird and not something I would want to experience like routinely, but it was an interesting experience <laughs> one time. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's funny too. And, and I, I always think about this is when you go to a normal concert, quote unquote, a normal right. concert, right. it seems so short. Our shows are like right. two concerts in one, you know, we luck out. We get like right. two full. I mean, we don't have an opening band. We get two full sets. So yeah. it's, it is, um, it is a little bit different and it's like almost kind of tiring. Like you go and you like sit through the opening band and then it's like, okay, I got to leave after a few songs. I mean, I'm old, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, I got to leave after a few songs. Um, I, so I kind of like when it's just. I don't know. We're just so used to it. Tab does the same thing where it's just them. And so it's yeah. nice because you just get immersed into your own music. You don't feel like you have to kind of sit through something first. Absolutely. Did your sister get you into the dead and everything? Or did you get her in? Are you the older one? Or are you the younger? <laughs> I'm the older one by 13 months. Um, and she was into the dead before I was. So I went with her to my first dead shows. Um, RFK shows. And then we, one summer I was living with her in Colorado and we went to the Vegas shows. She wasn't even nice. 21 yet. So that was an interesting experience. Um, <laughs> but um, 
fish I kind of got into in college with my college friends, but she was getting into them as well. And so then we started um, going together like that. It kind of brought us closer together in high school because, you know, I was kind of in the nerdy crowd. So um, our, our friends and our crowds were very different. We didn't really get along that great. And um, music brought us together. So once we were in college and living apart and, you know, she had to figure out life on her own and I had to figure out my life on my own. And we both got into some of the same things. It, it brought us together. And then we started traveling, seeing music and doing vacations together. And she actually lives in California as well. So it's nice. Oh, so when, great. When we're oh, not having nice. a pandemic, we get to visit with each other. So to hang nice. out. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon, you know, we'll be able to, you know, shake and dance and have a good time and all of I that. Hope so. and, uh, I hope so. Yeah. You know, I don't want to keep you. I know you have a lot, a very busy schedule. Um, I, I really can't thank you enough for taking time to chat today. And uh, I want you to share with the listeners where they can find you online and where you put your blog posts and everything um, that, you know, where people can support what you're doing. Oh, great. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This was fun. And I'm actually officially on spring break this week. um, And because, you know, life um, has really slowed down, we're not busy in my office. So uh, it wasn't a big stretch for for me to sit down. I really appreciate it. But thank you for having me. Um, I'm easy to find. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at Dr. Jamie Friedman. So all all one word, D-R-J-A-I-M-E-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And my website is uh, drjamiefriedman.com. So it's, it's a blog and there's a couple of posts on coronavirus. Uh, so I'm trying to keep up with that. Um, so yeah, you know, give me, give me a hi or a wave if you, if you uh, follow me. And, um, and we do have other doctors who are fans. Let me know. Um, um, the Vic has been great about pointing people out my way as well because I have a list. I don't think lists do that much on Twitter, but I do have a list of Fish Med Twitter. Um, and so if you go to that list, you can see all the members and you can see their, their different um, Twitter posts. Um, there's not really a, a good way to otherwise to kind of get everybody all in one spot. So yeah, definitely totally. let me know. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And again, thank you for everything that you're doing for us and uh, tell all of your colleagues that we all uh, love them and thank them and support Aww. them. And thank uh, you. And, and my best to your wife. I really, I, I think, you know, that's just phenomenal and best of luck. And I'm sorry you guys have to live separately. She's just amazing for putting herself through that. Yeah, I, I, I know. I wish she wouldn't, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm, I I'm honored that she's, that she's as strong and as powerful as she is. I just, every time she comes home, I just hide in the corner and Aww. say rosaries. So. <laughs> but thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. Okay. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Adios, amigos.